Oh, what uh, what episode is this? 20-something. Hi guys, welcome back to episode 20-something of the podcast, where we talk to Ribsy, best dude in the world. That's it, just just listen. Drum roll, please. What a guy. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I mean, what? It, that, probably one of my favourite podcasts we've recorded. I mean, we love everyone, don't get me wrong, but he's so energetic. You can really see that he's dedicated to anything he puts his mind to. And he's just generally a cool dude. Do you know what I mean? He's someone that I want to hang around with, go to the pub and have a beer with, and just listen to him, listen to his stories, listen to what he's got going on. And he's very talented as well. Well, what did we talk to him about? Instagram a bit? I didn't realise he um, and he started his YouTube channel last year. Yeah, fair play. He's done very well in that year, hasn't he? Yeah. It's because... I think, yeah, because he's so engaging. Mm. It's so, like, it's just interesting to watch and I can see exactly why his channel's growing so quickly. He's very um, likeable, but also his work reflects that as well. Like, he's not putting anything on for, for show. Do you know what I mean? Like, he is being 100% himself. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and that is amazing to have, like, to be like that as a character. Like, he's just a very likeable person. Yeah, yeah. It's a good episode. Also... Uh, it's a really long episode, so we should probably get on with it. And if you do like it, drop a like, subscribe, and that's it. Hit the notification bell. There you go, I remembered. Drum more, please. So yeah, start off. Tell tell us who you are. Tell us how you got into photography. When did you get in photography? <laughs> You're an awesome photographer. We want to know. All, all good, all good. Well, what's good? I'm I'm Ribs, Ribsy, Eric, whatever you want to call me, somewhere in between. But on Instagram and, and YouTube, I'm Ribsy. Um, I've been doing photography for a minute at this point. Um photography generally started for me like maybe 10 years ago. And the reason I started doing photography was because I, so as you might see on Instagram, I'm an avid cook. I, I do a lot of, a lot of delicious things. And there was a point in time where I was like, really like, is the way I'm with photography now, but with food. So I was like learning all these things and trying to emulate these things I would eat and see. And uh, anyways, I started a blog and I was like, shit, well, like phone cameras. I mean, think about 10 years ago, what a phone camera was. It was trash. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I need to buy like a real camera, whatever that means. And I knew nothing, but I don't even know why I decided to or like who helped me, but I bought a Canon T3i and you know, all I knew is that it costs, you know, what, like 800 bucks or something like with the kit lens. And, and yeah, I was like, all right, I guess now this is photography. And through taking photos for the blog, um, I started to actually get more interested in the photography aspect. Um, and, you know, I was doing very simple stuff. Like I, I had a kit lens. So I would zoom in all the way and shoot it wide open at like five, six or whatever it had. And like, that looks pretty cool when you, when you zoom into like, let's say, I think it was like a, I don't know, 55 millimeter was like the long end of it. And the short end was probably like 24 or something. I don't even know, but you zoom in at 55, five, six, and you get up close to your food, you know, and I think it had macro capabilities too. So you got all this bokeh and it just looked great. And I was like, damn, this looks legit. Like dropping off the pizza or whatever. Exactly. It I mean, yeah, yeah. That, I didn't, I, that was before it was like super big on Instagram. So I hadn't seen other people's like photography that much. So I didn't know, you know, the tricks and like the cool shots, but, but either way that got me into photography. And then I started watching things on YouTube, 
I started learning about Flash and like I went down that entire rabbit hole. I went to some like in-person, like, I don't know what you call them, training seminars, whatever you want, you know, with like yeah, the yeah. local celebrity photographers. And yeah, that's how I got into photography. That lasted for, I mean, it's still the case, but the digital only aspect was probably a good like seven years. Yeah. Um, and of course I kept getting deeper and deeper into digital ending up. I think my last like big time purchase digital camera was, uh, um, well, actually that's wrong. My last big purchase was my Canon EOS R, which I still use now. That's what I record my YouTube videos on. But okay. when I, when I was um, doing photography, heavy digital only, it was the, the Mark Canon, what is it? 5D Mark three. Mm. Um, and I bought it like off of a coworker who was like upgrading to the four. And I was like, Oh my God, I have a 5d three now. This is crazy. Um, <laughs> uh, but that's how I got my chops. That's how I learned a lot of what I knew about photography before anything film came into the picture. Yeah. And do you think, um, so would you say that you, you've got quite like an addictive personality in terms of like the things that you like, cause you know, obviously you was heavy into your food or, you know, kind of documenting, starting the blog and doing that. And then yeah. all of a sudden you've got this new thing and, you know, you can't help but kind of spiral into it. I, yeah. I know I'm like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> anything I do, it's like I've got to do. I've got to go all in, or I yeah, yeah. I'm really committed. Do you know what I mean? No, no, I totally feel you. Um, I've never thought about it as addictive, but that that could be one of the words you can use. Um, yeah, yeah. but I, I I do like to like dive head first, and um, you know, it can manifest in like buying shit. It can manifest in just like watching every video that exists. It can manifest in learning you know, different pieces of that all kind of come together. And I, and I typically will go real hard in something. And usually I'll know within like a week or two, like if this is going to stick yeah. and it, it, I've done all kinds of different things this way. And you know what it is like life is without getting philosophical, like life is like kind of limitless. You can, you can just, we live, especially everyone here, we all live in countries that have all these resources and we've got everything we could possibly need to do whatever we want. So why not explore and see what happens? The worst thing that could happen is maybe you lose some money, depending on how deep you go in. So anyways, that's how kind of how I've done a lot of different things. And cooking has a very low entry barrier. You know, you don't really need too much to get started. And then money wise, like, you know, we spend 50 bucks on like some fancy ingredients. And if, if you ruin it, you, you wasted 50 bucks with the camera. You don't really waste it because you can buy all this gear and then sell it if you really want. Um, so those, I think those were easy ones to like, not feel like I've wasted time because yeah. you know, you just, you jump in, you do the bare minimum. You're like, okay, that's cool. You can always pause and come back again with, with other kinds of activities. It might be a little bit harder depending on, you know, what that, what those activities entail. Yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely, I think I'm, I'm similar to you, but these two, they stuck real fast. And I think it's because they actually kind of reinforced each other. They went hand in hand. Yeah. And then I started posting shit on Facebook. This one, Facebook was hot. I don't know if y'all use Facebook, but I don't, I don't, I don't touch Facebook basically at all. And, you know, people were like, oh man, this stuff looks great. I had a blog on, on blogspot.com, which I don't yeah, know. Yeah. yeah. And uh, like, you know, I had metrics and I like, I had like, I think at one point I had like 25,000 total like page views or something. And I was like, holy shit. So yeah. it was invigorating. I, I, I like metrics. I like numbers. Not so much for like, you know, reveling in them, but to kind of include them as part of the understanding of your progress, like yeah, next to I your skills and stuff. I, I can resonate with that because like for me, like I, I like my day job, I work with numbers yeah. and figures and spreadsheets. But for me, like I, I quite like that because I like looking yeah. for patterns. I like looking for, do you know what I mean? Like the yeah. similarities. I don't necessarily look at like the math side of it. It's more of the, the finding the pattern, seeing what works well, working out what I can do to improve on that. And yeah getting rid of what doesn't work and i don't know what is your day job 
I work in finance, but um. announcement. I've actually just I've, I'm last day on Friday. Oh, okay. By, by the time this goes out, I'll be uh, I'll be homeless, unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've got a new job, but um, nice. Yeah, but for me, it was just more like a, a work-life balance thing. Yeah, know? yeah. And obviously, starting front as well, we want to make sure that of course. we're giving everything we can with that as well. So for yeah. me, it was um, it was it was time to leave. But you know, I, I still work within that kind of industry, I guess. But um, yeah, I, I I can really resonate with what you're saying in terms of looking, you know, not being scared by numbers, should we say? Yeah, yeah. No, I think um, YouTube was. Uh without realizing it beforehand, I think YouTube was going to be like, or it became like an obvious kind of thing that I would do just because it is this beautiful kind of mess of you have, you have all the numbers stuff with, which has to do with views and, and users and also money, you know, once you start getting paid. But then the other side of it is the creative aspect. Like, you know, you can literally do whatever you want. So for me, especially now there's this like interesting before it was attention in terms of like, what am I going to create that also kind of yield some numbers. But then now it's more of like a, you know, how far can I stray from the formula while not completely destroying like my potential for numbers? The philosophy's changed a bit, but it's still this play between the two. And yeah, no, I like it. I, I, I wouldn't say I'm a numbers guy per se. Generally, I work in advertising on the technology side. So numbers matter, but it's more about like, are we making enough money? Like yeah, yeah. We're, we're not making enough money. What's going on? So it's not that interesting, but, but yeah, it, the numbers thing, like, you know, it's very interesting. And if I think about like food, for example, we go back, everything goes back to food with me. <laughs> there, now that I think about it, there's like, there's no numbers in my kind of um, expression when it comes to food. Um, literally none. Like I, I don't put food content out for the sake of numbers. Yeah. I don't, I don't even really create food content. I just take a snapshot and it's like, here, here's what I made. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, maybe that's the nice thing about that aspect. Like I have one interest that's completely irrelevant to numbers. Photography shouldn't be tied to numbers, but you know, for me, it is, I'm not some like artistic, like, you know, went to a photography school or, or I'm respected as some like incredible photographer. I'm an internet YouTube, like personality photographer, yeah. man, whatever you want to call it. That's, that's the beauty of it, right? Like, <laughs> like photography is so vast and different. Yeah no two photographers are, are the same do, do you know exactly what I mean? so yeah yeah why why should that matter what, what what you're into and what you're not into you can't help but like yeah. what you're saying. and then going back to what you were saying as well about you know pushing the limits and the boundaries of what works yeah people by people right so at the exactly. start you've got a you know you've got to find your kind of niche if you like or you've got to grow a bit of a following exactly if you're still watching your shit now yeah, they like you, so they will let you do that thing. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Whatever that new thing might be, which, uh, yeah, that's that's you know that's what me and Luke are trying to do. That's what we're we're mm. we've got to find our niche and exactly. You no, know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but it's exciting though if you enjoy it. Oh yeah, cool. it's super exciting. Uh, I think now I because I have a following, I can afford to take more risks and to try to do stuff that like I genuinely want to do. Yeah. Um, I don't have to like rely on, on, you know, gear or that kind of stuff to like attract eyeballs. And I still do that because it obviously matters to me, not the attracting the eyeballs, but the gear, you know, if I buy a new camera, I want, I want people to see me learning how I'd use yeah. it, you know, exactly. But, uh, but now, I mean, my, I'm going to plug it real quick, but my feasting on film series, that's my new thing. And like, it's opened up this whole new creative side to me where, you know, photography is still the root of it, but now food is a kind of equal part of this and 
you know, I get to kind of try to create my own little fake internet TV show kind of thing. It's really exciting. And, um, you know, YouTube is a perfect place to trial these things because again, you have your following that will just be like, Hey, what is he doing? I got to go check that out. And, um, and it's the internet, like there's no consequences. If you watch it and don't like it, I still get paid. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Especially if you comment time. and tell me you don't like it, that helps. Yeah, that's even better, isn't it? Because if you're getting genuine feedback, you know yeah. what's going to work and not work. And if you've already exactly. got that following, then people are going to say, ribs, what are you doing, mate? Like this, exactly. this for, for me, but they might go, fuck yeah, this is awesome. So yeah. like, yeah, then you know what works. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm totally, I'm excited to see where that goes. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of like with um, Jason, grainy days, he's gotten to the point now of just putting like 90 minute videos out. Yeah. And it's like, that's awesome. It's so good. And he couldn't have done that a while ago. And now he's said he's kind of going to do more of these and less of the 10 minute kind of thing. So I'm like, that's amazing. But is that kind of cannibalizing a bit of like his fan base or whatever? I guess he'll see. But I think it's amazing and yeah, yeah. it's great that he gets to try that sort of thing out. Yeah, um, you know, that, that last video that he brought out that was, you know, 90 minutes or whatever of him traveling wherever he was. Like I said to Luke, I was like, I would watch this <laughs> 20 minute episodes for the next two months. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he like he financially would make more money from that, right? Because people would be going into this like mini series but exactly he just drops it in one big video which is which fair play to him yeah yeah Yeah, no you're i think that's what people like the most about social media is you're in full control and that could be a bad thing you know if you're trying to portray like some fake image but if you're Mm -hmm. being yourself like it's it's honestly it, it almost feels freeing once you're like yeah i can do whatever i want especially after you've grown to a certain bit so yeah i mean if he wants to do one video every month Maybe that fits his work schedule. Maybe that, you know, it's just less work or, or maybe he thinks that's more powerful. Whatever the reason is, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. And yeah. that is that is a fantastic thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I get that. And I think it's it's good as well because without getting too deep again, like the, the world is changing. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I have nights now where I'll watch YouTube over TV. Yep. Like, I mean, because like, you know, especially if like my missus goes to bed, if she goes to bed a couple of hours before me, I don't know. I, I always go to bed later and get up early. Then it's just like, <laughs> I will just fall into that YouTube spiral. Do you know what I mean? I'll be watching those recommended videos, and then all of a sudden, I'll find a new channel. And I'm like, yeah, I'll subscribe because I want to see that for the rest of my life. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> invested. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I was yeah. Like, you. like I, I stumbled across your channel. I was like, hell yeah! Now I'm looking forward. Like then yeah, you start yeah. to get used to the people that you're following when they're going to drop new videos. So I understand the kind of scheduling part. So yeah. Oh yes, it, it, it is good, isn't it? It it's fun. It's uh, it has become a little job at this point, uh, not from the pay perspective, but from yeah. the, the time perspective. And I feel, I feel a duty to myself first and foremost because I know I like this and I know I enjoy the the process of doing photography and then creating content around the doing photography. So, considering how I know that I enjoy this and how it gives me like some satisfaction, satisfaction. I feel like I should do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And there are times where it feels more like a job where I'm like, damn, like I really don't want to do this right now. But I know that, you know, I'll, I'll enjoy the result. And also now I, I feel like people like watching it and it's almost like I have a duty to them to like entertain them for those 10 minutes, you yeah. know, a week or something. Yeah. And I've decreased my output because part of my strategy in the first year was, you know, volume. Like we all know how the internet works. Things are seen and they're forgotten pretty quick. So you have to hit the refresh button every single, you know, as, as much as you can to get in front of people. So I made, 
I don't even, I don't know the exact number, but it was between 80 and a hundred videos from February of 2010. So before, right before the pandemic, that's when I started um, all the way until let's say February of this year. Um, mm. That's a lot of videos, mm. um, sometimes three a week. And that was the strategy. Now the strategy has shifted. Now, I, now that I've built up a base, I'm doing fewer videos, still a decent amount, like six videos in a month. Like that's more than yeah. I would say any, like any larger YouTube photography person. Um, and I, and I, your videos as well, just, just so, you know, if, if you don't follow Ribsy on YouTube, definitely go and check it, check out his channel, but your yeah. videos are always about something as well. Exactly. You know, you get these influencers that will kind of just vlog their life every day, which I yeah. can understand throwing a video out every day for that kind of thing. Is of easier. But when you've got a subject or something that you're kind of reviewing or talking about or discussing within that video, yeah, that takes time. Of you course. So it's not, exactly. it's not just like you can just, you can't just go, oh, I'm going to go film a video today because something might take you longer. So you're, I'm guessing you're constantly juggling a few different projects on, on at any one time. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime. I mean, this is kind of the good and bad thing of it now. Like if I'm going on holiday, you know, I, I, a couple of days before and I'm deciding, all right, well, what film do I want to shoot? What camera do I want to bring? Not for my own enjoyment, but more for like, for the content that I think I should make out of it. Um, yeah. The other question is like, should I even bother making content for anything? Like I just went to France this weekend and I was like, the original plan was to do potentially a feasting on film thing. And then Literally the moment I got to France, I was like, I'm not doing any of this shit. Like I'm just gonna chill. I'm gonna take photos just cause I feel like it. And you know, whatever happens, happens. And I didn't do anything. And um, I don't believe any content's gonna come out of it. Uh, maybe a, like an Instagram reel or something, something small, chill, but but yeah, like it, there is, there's planning involved. No question about it. And I don't think my life's interesting enough where people would just watch what I'm doing on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, I always think that cause when I see these like content creators that are putting out like vlogs every day and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I always sit there now, especially now we've made a couple of videos ourselves and we do the podcast. Yeah. Luke does the podcast, but now we make <laughs> videos and stuff like that. I always think these vloggers that are like, their days aren't like that. They, they, they <laughs> must spend half the day in front of their laptop editing, which is fair play because, do you know what I mean? It's not yeah. like, no, they of course. Start at nine and finish at five. It's, you know, that, that's a long time, you, you know, to capture all the, uh, like the photos and yeah, yeah. edit the actual video, then do the uploading, then do all the social media that goes with that. Yeah. It's a full-time job. Do you know what I mean? It's of like, course, of course. Yeah. No, and if you make it to that level, um, you know, people genuinely are interested in the random stuff you do on a daily basis. Even if the video has zero point to it, like, you know, a fraction of your subscriber, if you have, have 500,000 subscribers, like, there will be 10,000 people who would just going to watch your thing because it's you. They don't care what you're doing. They're just like, Oh yeah, I like that person. And they're good looking or they're rich, or I think they're funny or whatever the case is. Um, and they'll watch it. So the internet's an interesting place, but you know, what I've learned is, is, is who are we to, to kind of decide what has value and what doesn't because theoretically it all has value. The question is, you know, how far can you scale it or spread it? Yeah. Well, if you don't, and at the end of the day, if you don't like it, don't watch it. The option exactly. is still yours, right? Exactly. But you, you touched upon something that I was actually going to ask you. So, you know, you said about going to France, or let's just use that for an example. Yeah. You, you know, in your head, you're like, I'm going now. I need to make, you know, I need to create content. I need to make a video out of it. Do you ever get to the point where you feel like you're not taking photographs just because you like taking photographs? Do you know what I mean? Or 
Yeah. Like, do you always feel like, or do you, do you ever sen- feel like a sense of guilt if you go out to take photographs for no other reason that you just feel like you just want to go out and shoot? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I totally feel you. I, I think for the most part, um, if I'm going to go out, it's because I want to. Um, I, if I don't really feel like doing anything, then perhaps I'll create content that doesn't require me to go out and shoot. Cause that's the beauty of it. There's so many different types of things I can do. So, so yeah, I, I, I never shoot unless I actually want to, there's so many things where it would be a no brainer for me to bring a camera and document, but I was just like, yeah, I don't feel like it. So I'm not gonna, so at, at the bare minimum, I would say, no, I don't ever just do the photography just cause I feel like I have to, um, there are times though that I'll capture certain types of things just because I'm like, all right, like this is going to fit what I'm trying to talk about later. So let's do that. Um, or if I'm like, I don't know, I think I once was doing a bunch of like cross-processing stuff in the dark room. And like, once I was out there taking photos for that particular video, I was just, you know, capturing like random stuff that I thought would help me convey my point, even though the images themselves are not images that I cared about. But I hopefully in those sessions still also just like, did the stuff that I actually like to do. Yeah, um, yeah. But I just have a lot of different interests with photography. Um, it's hard for me to sit still with any particular style. Like I love portraiture. Portraiture is the one thing I will never do without actually wanting to do it. Cause it involves, you know, human communication and it, it's not just like random street photography. Um, I love doing that. That's a lot of fun. And it's almost a game for me. It's, it's like, you're kind of chasing you're almost chasing scenarios. You're being very vigilant and like eyes wide open, trying to digest what's going on around you. But it's also reactionary because you can't really control it. You can control some things per se, but you know, you're just kind of like seeing what's there. There's but then look involved with street photography, isn't there? Because of course, yeah. Right place, right time. But is that plan? No, you, you, that's the whole point. Well, that's that's what I like about street photography. Yeah. Is you're capturing something that happens. Yeah. That is random. Do you know what I mean? And then you get to document it in your own way. There's definitely an agency involved, especially like if you have a style or if you have a specific technique or a subject matter. But but you're right. Like there's a there's a big element of it that like you can't you can't, just, you can't decide exactly. Um, but I think the, the my favorite style of photography is actually the travel stuff where I go somewhere brand new and I just have, you know, a camera or two and I'm just like enjoying myself living as if I'm not doing photography, but also when the moment presents itself, I'm like, Oh hell yeah, this is cool. Let me take some photos. Um, it's, it's a beautiful blend of like the most casual way of doing photography with my normal life. I'm not out there being a photographer. I'm out there just enjoying my vacation and I have my camera there just in case it's like when the way people use their iPhone, I would use my film camera when I'm on a holiday. Um, you know, it's not like, it's not, a, you're not being super, um, it's not extremely intentional. It's just more of like a, and I wouldn't even say it's reactionary. It's just enjoyment. Like you're, mm. you're taking photos because you're enjoying yourself in that moment. And the photography like makes sense as part of it. It doesn't become like invasive to what you're doing. Yeah. But I think that's kind of the thing. Like we, we went to the Isle of Wight a few weeks ago nice. and I had your film in nice. a the show, like the kind of, disposable reusable thingy mm-hmm. and it's so light I was just like I had it hanging around my neck the entire week I, I was going to shoot portrait on a Canon P which is like quite heavy yeah yeah and it was overcast the whole week so I was like you know <laughs> shooting black and white and in that I thought it's perfect and it was just there and you were just taking like holiday photos but exactly um but yeah on film it's perfect yeah no I I think a lot of people enjoy that um yeah. and it 
it's just as beautiful. Travel is such an amazing thing for a lot of reasons. And I think as a photographer, travel is amazing because it's it, what better excuse do you need to do photography than being somewhere new? The yeah. only problem with film is that, you know, film is not as cheap as digital. Um, I, I mean, people can argue about that all day long. I'm not even yeah. going to start that argument. But my point is you don't have to buy film, you know, to go do digital photography. If you already have your phone or your, or your, yeah. your mirrorless. The sense um, of reward though, isn't it? When you shoot. Oh, film. no, no question about it. Um, we glorify it. We, we like romanticize it, but there's something real there. And I think, I think, you know what? I honestly think it's, it's the delayed gratification. Oh, sure. really like you're just doing the photography without seeing the result and that's it so you can enjoy all of it and it what it is how confident you are taking a photo as well you yeah. still you still press that you know shutter button and you go, <laughs> he's come out because that's going to be the best one yet. <laughs> like we, we were talking about this luke weren't we because we were saying how we'd love a digital camera yeah. that doesn't have a screen and doesn't let you upload a photo for 24 hours yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean, like you, it literally locks your file and then you have to go back after 24 hours to see it. Yeah, and it tells you, you can set 36 shots, you can do a countdown, it would be perfect. But that's, yeah, we were saying about it before, but it's got to be like the Fuji X Pro 4 would be the yeah. perfect camera for them to build it into that, no back on it, all that stuff. It's like... It's it going so back cool. in time in terms of technology, isn't it? Like what, <laughs> yeah. what company is going to promote that their camera now doesn't let you see your photos, but yeah. only take 36 shots before you can go home? Or, do you know what I mean? Whatever it yeah. might be. That's like a super niche because you're the, the address of a market there is film photographers. Yes. But then it's the film photographers that like don't want to always shoot film, but yeah. still feel like they're doing it. Like you really shrink really. The, the, the base <laughs> there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. I actually, I was thinking about that because there's some um, other things that I'm considering for the YouTube channel. I think one of the things I want to do is incorporate digital photography into it. Not for the sake of just like, you know, the new A7R15 is out. Like, mm -hmm. let me get everybody, everybody's attention who's searching for that. I mean, more about like kind of the, the comparison between film and, and digital in every way. The images, the experience of using the cameras, um, the style of cameras. There's a lot of digital cameras that, are actually like, you know, from an experience perspective, I feel like they, they kind of mirror very closely the experience of shooting digital, or sorry, shooting film. And like mm. you mentioned the Fuji, I don't know the Fuji nomenclature very well, but yeah. I know that they're like the rangefinder cameras they have, you know, they already have film simulations, which that might be the least interesting part, honestly, in my opinion. Mm. But with these cameras, you can turn off the screen, you can also, you know, you can use a tiny memory card if you want, like a, you know, a, a two gig memory card that gives yeah, you right, 30 yeah. photos. Um, you can, you know, some of these, you can use manual lenses with all these cameras. Yeah. So you take out of focus out of the mix. Um, and I mean, if you want to shoot full manual and also use a light meter, which would I think would be ridiculous. Um, you can do that too. You know, yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm curious about experimenting using these cameras, but in the most analog way possible. And yeah. then seeing how it feels and then of course you got to compare the images because yeah. you know that, that obviously matters that's, it, yeah. Yeah. that's what i'm playing around with because i've got the x pro 2 and the canon p and they look so similar to the point that like sometimes my wife when i take one out will ask oh have you brought a film camera yeah yeah or um or the digital one and at the moment i'm trying to get like a, a portrait recipe that actually works so i'm shooting a roll of portrait and 
kind of matching the photos that I'm taking just gotcha. around the house just to see what it eventually comes out. Yeah. I still don't think it's going to be quite the same. It's too no, no. like pin sharp and everything, but like it's quite an interesting little experiment. Do you yeah. do you develop your own film? Black and white, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but not the color. No, because that I mean, I think that's the that's kind of the wild card in there. When you talk about matching them, like once you develop on your own, like you know, the human element completely mm. it almost makes it impossible um to, to get the exact result you're looking for. You can get I'm sure you can make a system to get you consistent results, but yeah. that'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. it depends on the equipment you've actually used and what like you know. We could all shoot a, ro a roll of Porsche 400, but exactly three different, cameras, <laughs> three different lenses, three different like conditions of where we are. They are going to look different, even though you're using the same film stock, right? But yeah, I mean, and if I part of the way I, I think I've talked about this before, I'm not sure where, but like again, going back to cooking, the way I cook is you know I I, I know what's in my pantry and I know what I've bought, and then I get after it. There's no recipe. There's just techniques and there's like ideas and flavors and and i and you know i make a mess i do my thing and it tastes great obviously you have to follow some chemistry when you're developing film and doing darkroom stuff but mm. like i i don't measure temperature for chemicals very often whether i'm printing or developing um i don't like when i'm mixing things together sometimes i'll eyeball stuff like i just cut a lot of different corners and i feel like at that point it gets even crazier because you really like even within my own technique i'll get all kinds of variation just because of like one day i was super lazy or the next day i was like not um it, and it really depends like there's so many variables that you can play with and if you're like me you're you're gonna deal with those variables a lot well, yeah, I, guess, yeah. I guess the rules are there to be broken right i'm or ignored or, oh, or laziness yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I would love to say that i had some like master plan where i'm like no no i'm gonna change x variable because of this theory and that calculation that's not what's happening. It's just me being lazy. Yeah. Science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I do the same thing when like I was developing, you know, you can develop like two roles at the same time in the thing. And I'll look it up and be like, uh, this one is six minutes and this one is seven minutes and, or whatever. <laughs> like, well, they're going in together. Or I'll just shoot another role at film and I'll be like, oh, I'll just push it to 400 so I can develop it just yeah. so I can develop two at once. But then I realize I've messed the timing up and I'll put them all in. They always come out fine. Yeah, yeah. I've never gone, ah, oh, damn it. You know, I left that in way exactly. too long or whatever. It's like, um, there's been times where I've exposed it incorrectly, like, but the, the developing side of it, the yeah. same with food. Like I, uh, I brought a bread maker and I was told like, you've got to be so accurate with the result, yeah. with, with, with the ingredients. Like you, so, and I was like, yeah, I don't think you did. And pull stuff in again, <laughs> never had a loaf of bread come out badly from I it. Mean, there you go. So I was like, I'll apply the same thing to developing film and it's not failed so far because I've done things wrong, but of course, of course. The, the developing it, I'm like, yeah, but no, color, probably a different story. It's great you mentioned that because I think um, one of the reasons I jumped into doing all this stuff by, by myself right away is that like I was always I was almost mad at like everyone who was like, no, no, you got to follow everything to the T. And if you can't do this, this is going to come out wrong and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm going to show them. And then what I realized is like this whole analog process is it's very resilient and it's also like very flexible in a lot of ways. You don't have to be 
a perfectionist or have every piece of equipment in order to get things done. You, you, there's some basic things that you can't mess up, but beyond that, like you're good to go. And then the beauty of it is if you decide that you like this other weird way of doing things, you can repeatedly do that weird thing over and over and over again, make it part of your process, make it a choice, you know, be intentional about it. Um, I, I just, I love that a lot. And I think that's where the two processes again, come together very closely. Like, food and, and 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 the photography stuff you can really just like get after it and do some weird shit and it'll still taste good or your photos will still look decent um and once you decide that oh i like that weird shit then you can start doing it on purpose you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Thing, like, even even if you go out with like, it's the same with making videos i guess as well like you yeah. can go out with a set idea but then if something else presents itself in front of you or you do you end up doing diverting slightly and doing something else that's the beauty of it. You get beautiful mistakes. And, and that's exactly. the same in the actual results of the photographs, but also with whatever you're doing in life, right? Like you might accidentally put the wrong seasoning in the, the food that you're cooking. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? Like I, I did it earlier. I put some teriyaki sauce in, in my, in my stir fried rice instead of soy sauce. Did it really make a huge difference? No, I, try I mean, taste quite, it better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it, it, it didn't bother me. But then all of a sudden, I've got like a new little recipe that I've, I've made. But do you know what I mean? There's there's different ways of looking at it, isn't there? But I think that comes across in your videos as well. And I think that's why, me personally, that's why I'm drawn to your videos because they feel, even though you're kind of touching on lots of different kind of subjects or yeah. or you know you're covering lots of different areas they're still purely from your point of view. Do you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. And that's relatable in a, in a lot of ways. So I can watch your videos and be like, this is exactly what Ribsy thinks about it. And yeah. also he's not, you're not putting any pressure on the viewer to say, you should be doing it this way. It's like, just yeah. go and have fun. This is what I've learned from that. And this is what I can tell you about that. Which yeah. I think is a good thing. Not no, no, that, that's key. The, it, it, honestly, part of it is is genuine, like what you everything you just described. The other part of it is I know the internet, like people like to slaughter each other. And especially, you know, film photography has this problem. Um, there's a lot of people who just like, they're very confident in the knowledge they have. And, you know, maybe rightly so, but they when they see an opportunity to jump in there and like make it known that they know everything and that you don't, they're going to do it. And they're going to do it like aggressively in some cases or in some cases going to be dicks like who knows, but I'd rather just like almost avoid that or half invite it. Like sometimes I'm just like, Hey, I don't know how this works. YouTube. Like you tell me in the comments and people get after it. But yeah, I, I just know better. Like, first of all, I know that I don't know everything. I know, I know, you know, whatever fraction of the total knowledge of film photography, having only been doing this for a couple of years, um, so that's just first and foremost, like it's just self-awareness. But then the other part is like, I don't, I just, I don't want to give, make it too easy for the, you know, the, the know-it-alls to jump in there and like get after me, but you know, you can't control it anyways. That's just how it works. Fuck em. <laughs> no, listen, as long as they comment, I'm cool with it. <laughs> no, no, but yeah, it's uh film photography needs to chill out. And I think naturally that's part of what I bring to it. Like, like, you know, I, I like doing it. I'm having fun and, and I like what I'm doing. I have my own standard for myself, mm. but everybody needs to decide what the line is for themselves. Um, Cause not everyone's going to be some famous photographer. Not everyone's going to be a pro making money. You know, the fact is the majority of us are just doing it cause we'd like it. And maybe we, we, we find some growth and we find some skill um, and, and kind of harvest it and, and, you know, try to, you know, nurture that a bit. Yeah. And uh, one of the questions I had, I, I, to be fair, I thought we might have spoke about it at the start, but we kind of no, no, good. off, which is good. But so are you, are you originally from New York? 
Yeah, yeah. I'm born and raised in New York City. I'm from uptown Washington Heights. Uh, nice. And how, how long have you been in the UK for? Uh, now it's been uh, over two and a half years. So not too okay. long, but but I, I feel, you know, I feel like I know a thing or two about London. Yeah, <laughs> more than us, mate. So uh, <laughs> more than me, definitely. Uh, <laughs> you lived in London, you lived. Yeah, yeah. I lived there until about some, I don't know, five years ago, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I wondered if if you'd got into photography whilst living in the UK or whether that was something you, you know, you, you had a passion for whilst, whilst, you know, living in New York. Yeah. Yeah. In New York. So officially I got into it when I was in New York. Um, and I, it actually connects back to the, the whole Canon digital camera stuff. Cause I had, I have a bunch of lenses that I've, that I've had for my digital stuff. And then I don't know how, but I eventually like realized, came across something that like the old Canon EF cameras, for, for film, the old SLRs, they all use the EF lenses and you get full autofocus and everything. And I was like, shit, like I'm, maybe I should just buy a film camera. And I went online and the, the EOS 650, yeah. I don't know why that was the one I found, but I, I found that one and it cost 20 bucks on eBay. And I was like, done. And I was going on holiday right around then. So I brought it with me. That was actually to Spain. And listen, this is how ridiculous it was. I didn't know shit. I was just like, oh, I'll bring a film camera. I went to my, um, that's like, that literally what I was thinking. I went to my local film shop, which is actually a really high end print shop in Manhattan at the time. And um, I was like, yeah, let me get some film. They're like, what do you want? And I was like, I don't know. Film, I said film. (laughs) And, and, and I was like, all right, give me that one. I'm literally pointing at stuff. I ended up buying slide film. Oh, oh wow. yeah. <laughs> I, I listen nowadays. I shoot literally zero slide film. I think it's cool, but it's just not something I, I'm interested in at all. Mm-hmm. I was only shooting slide film when I started because I didn't know what I was doing. And the best part is, I go back to the shop after the trip, and I'm like, "Yeah, it's time to get these developed." And the dude's like, "All right, well, you know, do you want the the E6 process, or or do you want to do something different? You want C41?" I was like. I was like, I don't fucking know. What, what does that mean? And he's like, well, you know, they're different. Exactly. He's like, no, they're different chemistries. And like, you know, the, the one, one is like the more classic thing to do, but you can cross press. I'm like, bro, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I was like, here, just take my money because it, you know how much I paid to develop one, like each one of these roles scan, a scan, low res scan. I didn't even know that there were low res scans, but it was definitely a low res scan plus develop and cut and all that stuff. It was like 23 US dollars per roll. Wow. Which is insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was slide. Because it was slide. Yeah, yeah. And also, I think this this shop was just, it's 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 on 23rd Street in Manhattan. Like, the Mm. rent's too high. You know, they they had to make their money uh, somehow. But anyways, I did all this shit. And then on top of that, I get the slides back. And I'm like, wait a minute. These are pictures. Like, I thought it was supposed to be a negative. Like, what the hell's going on? I literally do nothing, man. So I jumped in there, did all this random shit, but the photos came out good. Cause I, you know, I know photography, I know how to like compose and, you know, find and yeah. use my lenses and stuff. Um, but then from there, I was kind of dabbling here and there, you know, I do something cool. I was like, yeah, let me bring a film camera. Cause that's like the cool, like, you know, hipster thing to do. And uh, when I moved to London, that's when things progressed very quickly. Um, I didn't know I have coworkers in London that I knew beforehand, but I didn't really know anybody else. So, um somehow some way i saw that there was some like film camera meetup in london london camera project is the name and i was like i was like man you know what like we got to get out and meet some people and i was like i got this camera still the eo 650 the only camera that i had um and i was like all right let's go so i go i meet all these people i see all these cameras and i'm like oh wow like this is this is a thing like there's a community of people 
And it was, I think the, the best part about it was that it was a very, I, I'm going to get, I'm not going to get heat for this, but I feel stupid saying this. It was a very diverse set of people and it wasn't diverse in many ways, but age wise, it was diverse. There was people younger than me. There's people my age, people older than me. And I thought that was interesting because my experience with like photography, like scenes in New York, um, it was usually like skewing a little bit on the younger side and it was all gear. It was all like megapixels and like everybody had a 24 to 70 lens. And I was like, man, like this shit is weird mm -hmm. with the London camera project stuff. It wasn't that at all. People had like TLR cameras, which I didn't even know what the hell that was. And I was like, man, this is cool. And there was a good vibe. And of course, you know, you hit the pub. It was all good. So long story short, once in London, that's when things really started to snowball really fast. The first thing that happened was I, I just kind of started buying new cameras and learning about new cameras and hanging out with these people more. And then I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do photography and shoot more film than digital. I kind of mixed the two up. And then that went on for like a year. And then eventually I was like, all right, I'm going to start a YouTube channel because I feel like I'm learning things. And I to know people through, you know, through the London Camera Project and, you know, exactly to meet new people. Exactly. New to here. Yeah, it just felt it felt natural for me to like start just documenting the learning process just because I was meeting people while I was learning. And um, and anyway, you watch other people's YouTube videos. I'm like, oh, maybe I could do that, too. So. So, yeah, it, it, I guess to answer your question in that very long way, um, everything really like ballooned here in London. Um, and it was definitely because of the community. If I hadn't found that community to begin with, I probably wouldn't have gotten to the level that I'm at now. Um, yeah. I would have still been doing photography and I probably would have been shooting some film too, but I wouldn't be like this kind of film set film obsessed person. Yeah. Um, yeah. The community Dark really helped nurture yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's quite from, to go from like two, three years ago to not knowing what it was at all to yeah. launch, creating your own film now and launching all of that. That's yeah, yeah. quite a big thing to do in a relatively short period of time. Yeah. But yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, how long have you had your YouTube channel then? Only a couple of years. Uh, February of 2010. So a year and, I don't know, was that five months or something? 2010. 2020. 2010. Oh, sorry, 2010. 2020, <laughs> yeah. It's it's no more than a year and a half. I would say a year and five months, no. something like Actually, that. You, you went all in then when you first started it. Well, I mean, it was convenient enough that like we didn't have anything better to do yeah. after March, <laughs> you know. <laughs> the I'm pandemic really did help create the time because then yeah. i was like well people are watching this stuff there's all these experiments i want to do plus i started printing at home i was like let's just go all in on youtube until the world reopens again and see what happens yeah. and by july of of that year i think i had that's when i hit a thousand subscribers and i was like shit a thousand people care enough to watch this stuff like okay wow that's really yeah, that's great because I, I must have started i must have started following you or discovered you should i say maybe towards the end of last year because i'm pretty sure yeah because me and me and luke kind of you, you know we, we've known each other for a while and we kind of reconnected through photography and mm -hmm. then, you know a bit of time went past and we started discussing what we can do with with front and stuff what, yeah what is now front and that was at the kind of the start of this year wasn't it i'd say luke or maybe over christmas well when we started doing front or when we started talking about what we could do um, yeah 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 that that when we just yeah beginning of this yeah. year beginning of this year but yeah. you were one of the first guys that i told luke about that you know when you're chatting to people you're like oh yeah i was like oh yeah I'm, i know this i don't know you but i was like i follow this dude on youtube like 
you should go check him out sort of thing. And he was one of the first people. But nice. I, I just assumed you'd been on YouTube for yeah 45 years. Do you know what I mean? I no, think. no. <laughs> day one. Yeah. I, I, it's funny. I was telling my wife earlier, I was like, like man i really I, I love the progression i've made in my youtube videos just because like you tie in one thing up one small thing every video you know you kind of keep going and going and then you you then look back and it's like holy shit like this this what i do now looks very different and feels different from what i used to do um so i'm, I'm excited like you know i have no idea what's coming next but it, it is interesting to kind of progress through that year and a half of, of doing stuff on youtube but at least you can say that you've hand on heart progressed and you've learned and you've challenged yourself in that time, which is probably the main reason why you've gained a following and yeah. people are liking your stuff because you're honest about it. Yeah. Um, have you got to that point yet where you've watched like an early video back and you're like, what, what was I, what was I doing? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm honestly kind of afraid to go back and not, not so much because of the visuals and both, cause you know, it is what it is, but I know, I just broad knowledge about like film photography. I have so much more of it now than I did a year and a half ago. Um, and I'm just curious, like what ridiculous stuff I was saying, like in the, in those first, you know, 15 <laughs> videos or something. Um, yeah. I, I, that's what I'm most worried about is that like, I just, I just talking over myself saying completely like useless or incorrect stuff. <laughs> yeah. well, it's funny you said, cause we've been this, I think we've been doing the podcast nearly six, I want to say six, six months. months. Yeah. Six months, which is crazy but the podcast was, was kind of like the first first thing we we did like in yeah. terms of like any kind of video mm -hmm. um or, or audio and i appreciate people listening but obviously we record them yeah yeah but i actually watched back our first podcast the other day and the only reason i did that is because it's kind of all about fun and what we're working on sure and i said to luke i was like i think we need to do like an update because we've had a you know a huge well we've had a lot a lot of new followers a lot of people asking yeah, yeah. questions and we don't want to keep sending people to one old video because you know things are changing sure, i know sure. we haven't kind of launched yet but you know there's always news and stuff and i watched it back and i was like i was sitting there and i remember saying to luke i was like oh yeah i've made a note of all the things we need to talk about but now we just you know it's just like oh we'll, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we'll say whatever we need to say yeah but yeah i'm sitting there like and this is what we're doing. Like, it's cringy, but at the same time, like, I don't know, there's a sense of pride thinking. Of course. Like, you know, it's, it's, we all start somewhere. Yeah. I remember writing a little script for us, and I yeah. had it, like, on my screen <laughs> just underneath where the camera was. So when I was looking at that, it was, like, looking at the camera. Yeah. And, like, yeah, <laughs> and we both had hoods on because it was so cold. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you could think about, like, I feel like everyone could – if everyone goes back and looks at their photos, just photography only, look at your photos from like, you know, four years ago, three years ago, you might have that same cringy reaction where it's just like, yeah. what was I doing? Yeah. You know? Yeah, and yeah. at the time you probably were like, Oh, this is good because of your frame of reference. Maybe you had improved then yeah. from the two years, even before that. So I don't know. It, it's a, it's a time is such an interesting thing. Um, you know, and there's photo, there's there's images that are timeless. They're amazing no matter when you you know you're looking at. I think them. that's when you know you've got a good photo, like yeah. whether it's your own or someone else's, is that you do look at it for longer, or you you exactly. always are attracted to it for whatever reason. And yeah. going back to what you're saying, like, I look back at old photos and I'm like, that they're terrible. But every <laughs> time I might find one that I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like I forgot about that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's nice to look back at your own work and see how far you've got from there or see where you've changed or see, yeah. see how it's similar. It's, it, it, yeah, it's, and going back to what we originally said at the start, everyone's got their own style. You shouldn't have to try and copy someone. You know, it's nice to see what other people can produce. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, it's, 
the, I think my, my best example of that is, um, so I, sorry, I did a lot of digital photography in the past. There was a phase where I was basically doing a lot of um, composite images for landscape, or not landscape, cityscapes. So I would you know, throw a camera on a tripod and shoot from, let's say, late golden hour into like, you know, sometime in blue hour, the same scene, just like literally 100 images. And I'd pick out, you know, the two, three that gave me the best sky, the best ambient lighting, maybe some motion blur or light, tra light, ra light trails, you know, whatever the case is. And I would Photoshop the hell out of that. And like, it's funny because if you zoom into just that time period, you know, the first verse, the first one I ever did of that to the last one that I did, you see an incredible progression, right? But then if you go to that last one and then you look at what I'm doing now, I'm just like, man, like, I hate that style of photography. Like, even if it was the best one that I did because I had progressed within that style, I still don't even like that style at all anymore. Like, you, you, like things just change so much. It's actually kind of wild. Yeah, yeah I, I was thinking back to it because I actually used to work in like a photography studio. So mm -hmm. I studied photography at college. Nice. I, I lost, I lost interest for years. Like I, I always had an interest in photography and, and like film, even like video. Yeah. Um, but when I worked in the studio, it made me think back to when I worked there, and I didn't know anything about like cameras. I, I, I could, I could deal with the equipment a little bit because I worked in the studio. Yeah. And I kind of understood how to take a good photo, but I didn't really understand how I was taking the photo because everything was preset, right? You just put it on the setting that you need in the studio. Yeah. It's already been set up for you and you took a photo, but then it was all about editing because, you know, you're editing, exactly. you know, portfolio updates. So it was just all Photoshop, Photoshop, Photoshop. Yeah. But now I'm back into photography. It's more like, well, now I want to understand how to take a good photo so you don't need to touch it that much. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of learning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, so I wanted to ask about your your the new classic, your film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, Ooh. kind of why? There it is. What made you? I'm not, you know, I understand why you would want to do that. But what what made you start off? Like, how did you get into? How did you do it? Why yeah. did you want to do it? Just yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's there's various layers to this. I think for me, I I have an entrepreneurial itch, just like from a like in life. There's, and you know, we were talking about earlier about kind of that uh, obsessive, um, what was the word you use? I forget. Where you jump into something and you just kind of go all in. I just got to dive in head first into it. Yeah, right? yeah. So I've had that not only with interest, but also. I mean, I mean that in a complimentary way, like an addictive. Oh, no. Addictive. That's like, the word. Like something that you can't help but obsess over. Like, yeah. you, you know, you just want to learn, 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 learn. All yeah. The time. No, no. I, I, I totally understood it as a positive thing, but. I, you know, I, so I've had this, this with like, let's say business ideas. So not just interest, but also projects that could basically make money or, or build the product or something. Um, so this isn't the first time that I've ever tried to do something. I think the key difference now is that like, I'm part of a community and I was like, man, like I'm in this community, you know, like I'm, I'm interacting with people. It's a lot of fun. What else can I do beyond just content? That would be another way to interact with people. Um, the other thing is like, as someone who's making all this content, I feel like there's a pressure to monetize it somehow, um, beyond just like the ad revenue that you get from, from videos and stuff. So, you know, there's all kinds of things people do. People do merge, people do this, people do that. And I was like, well, shit, what, what could I do that would actually like potentially drive value, let's say, and you can describe value however you want. And ultimately I was like, wait a minute, like, you know, making a film would be a very interesting thing because, you know, it's not just a t-shirt. It's an actual, you know, film that you can use and create images on. And 
if if that compels people to get out there and shoot, then, you know, why not? And if it's associated with me some way, then why not also? Um, so there was no kind of master plan. There was no like, you know, grand epiphany. It was more just like a natural progression. Um, and then I, I sustainability as a topic and, and you know, like our, our climate change and all that stuff. It's just stuff that I really like think about a lot and care about as well. So I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, how do I try to do something that changes at least one variable of this whole equation? Yeah, no, the, the packaging, I think, is... I think one of the easiest problems to fix in anything, no matter yeah. what product you're making is waste and especially plastic waste. So I was like, all right, well, what can we do? Can you change the plastic of the film itself? Can you change the, the, the little reel inside the film? Mm. You know, there's so many different things that are made out of plastic and some of the things, you know, you can't avoid others. If you wanted to change it, you'd have to do a bigger project. The external container like I still haven't found a great reason for it. Um, people, some people say that it's it's necessary to protect the film. Some say it's like if you're gonna store your film in the fridge, it helps with like with the humidity and the condensation. Or you, I don't know what. Um, I'll admit I don't know there. If someone wants to correct me, that's fine. But I've already invested in, in an alternative solution, as you're aware. So, you know, haven't had any issues because of it. But long story short, I didn't want to just do something for the sake of it. I wanted to see what value I could add and changing the packaging is something that, that I could do. It had already been done by somebody else. So I knew that it had at least had been tested and yeah. And we went for it. And honestly, like, you know, th there's nothing like brand spanking new happening here. Like if anybody believes that, please stop believing that because you know, I I'm not gonna, I'm not lying to you and telling you that there's something brand spanking new, but I think there's an element of branding that's important in film photography um, especially from a representation point of view. I have a platform now, however big or small you want to see it. And I feel very compelled to use it to help, you know, showcase the voices of other people and to spread messages that I think are valuable to spread. Having this film is one extension of that message. It's saying, hey, film photographers, think about the waste that you're creating and think about how film photography plays into this general problem that we have in the world. Everything has problems. And film photography probably is, isn't even the biggest contributor to problems just because of the fact that the industry is so small now. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it doesn't contribute. Um, you know, your plastic container, if you throw it in the bin, it's probably going to go to a landfill. Worst case scenario, it ends up in the, in the ocean somewhere. You know, that, that's not good, whether, you're, whether it's a small, tiny fraction of this bigger problem or not. So that's, point, that's one part of the message. But if you look at the podcast, for example, for the brand, there's me putting people on from all over the place, from all walks of life, all styles of photography, races, genders, all everything, you know? And, and to me, that's extremely important um, because what I've realized is that film photography is global. You know, it's photography. Photography is a global thing. Film photography specifically is no different. And the people we see on the internet, the people that seem to be getting put on by the other, the companies that are kind of running the show, they tend to fit one specific profile and that's a white man and that needs to change whether it's with me whether it's with somebody else so this whole thing kind of comes together no one piece is kind of the most important piece but now i kind of i feel like i have a 360 kind of outlet here where i can utilize one part here from the film one part here from a youtube video one part here on the podcast whatever and and put out messages and also let other people put out their messages so that's a long-winded response but it just, it's a piece of the puzzle. It's not, it's not the prime aim. It's not the most important part of anything that I'm doing, but it, it fits kind of this overall 
um, one person movement, let's say. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that, that, that's, I mean, everything you say is super positive. And, you know, like you said, there's bigger problems in the world or, you know, yeah. bigger contributors to problems that we have. But it doesn't matter. Everything, you still need to look at everything as a whole. And even the smallest thing that might not be kind of considered a problem, yeah. unless that changes, it's only going to get worse. Unless you exactly. get control, and there's still a niche of people within that kind of, that that little part of yeah. it will need to do everything they can and we all we all do things like you know we all live live somewhere right and we all recycle where recycle where we can if we weren't doing that it's like yeah. saying you know i'm not going to recycle because i'm only one house out of however millions there are exactly but no unless we all come together to try and do something then there's there is going to be no end game is there solution yeah no no we're all part of the we're all part of the problem and honestly like to get real down and dirty with the facts, like we live in countries or we live in or from countries that are the worst when it comes to all of these problems. The UK and the US, if you exclude China, the UK and the US are, not even if you exclude China, UK, China, US are like the three countries or is the UK even a country? I don't even know. You know what I'm saying? These three global entities are responsible for the majority of the waste that's created on this planet. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fact. I don't have the numbers. Don't quote me, but no, 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 it is. Um, and, it and we is, also get told it's all the other countries, it's yeah. overpopulation and all this kind of stuff that's more contributing. Exactly. Which is not true either. Exactly. And uh, like best case scenario, someone sees me talking about film, right? Someone sees, oh, you put out a film with some recycled paper packaging. They're like, oh, well, you know, I'm gonna go to MS and go buy some some food. They see that there's two options of the of the steak. One is fully wrapped in plastic. The other one is 90% cardboard and then one layer of 10% plastic. Mm-hmm. They might think, oh shit, that's similar to Ribs' film. You know, that the cows from the same farm, you know, I could get the same cow over here for maybe even like a dollar cheaper, a pound cheaper, but this one has significantly less plastic in the packaging. I'm gonna take that one. Mm-hmm. That thing that started with the roll of film now is, is in someone's head and could potentially play out in so many other different parts of their life. That's humongous because that's not about photography. That's about the world. And again, that's one person. Yeah. But that one person has friends. And maybe they tell their friends, oh, M&S now sells pasta that is in um, paper bags, which is something they do. And I buy that pasta because the other pasta comes in a plastic bag. Yeah. You know, there, it's just it's this knock on effect. And I'm, I'm under no illusion that I'm changing the world in any way here. But I have an influence over people directly close to me, you know. If I can influence them, like that's humongous. We can all influence the people immediately near us, you know. And people want to people want to know stuff. Let them make their own decision. But if you're telling them, if you're giving someone knowledge, people want people yeah. want knowledge, regardless if they agree with it or not. But let them make their own decision. But if you say it in a positive way, then why? It's infectious, right? You you learn something, you get addicted to it. Exactly. But I, me me and my missus, we do um, gusto. You know the food mm-hmm. everything. We haven't been doing it that long, but. It's all right. Well, they're pissed off with them at the minute. They keep missing things. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm not a, a talented chef like yourself, but I, I like cooking, yeah? yeah. But Gusto's good because it gives you the ingredients you need to do these not, these nicer meals mm-hmm. if, you, if you're you know, someone who doesn't know a lot about cooking. But I'd like to think that I have a basic understanding when it comes to cooking. And Gusto annoys me because, it, yeah, it gives me the ingredients, but I miss the creative freedom to try and whip something together out of the ingredients that I've got or the products that I've got. Yeah. Gusto sent us uh, like this week's delivery, four days worth of food or whatever. But it pisses me off because 
they send eggs, individual eggs, in a cardboard box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's one egg. It's an egg box for one egg. I see. Yeah, that. with one egg. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, that yeah. is so much waste. Like, And the thing is, the box that they deliver it in, it's all weighed down and packaged, like, okay. Mm-hmm. Why the hell do they need to put these eggs? They in are there? pretty good with certain things, aren't they? Like yeah, they do have a lot of things loose. Yeah, recyclable. But the eggs, it annoys me. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like I'm a veggie, right? So like, eggs are like like a treat to me. Do you know what I mean? Of course. Like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't quite go vegan yet because of eggs and cheese. But I, I don't know. Like I, it, it just annoys me. I've got yeah, got yeah. Day to cook, and I was just like, what what am I doing? Like I could just go and buy. 12 eggs, do you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, yeah, you need to come in this box, but it makes you think. And then, like you said, it like you look at other things and think, well, why am I doing that? Or why is that like that? And yeah, exactly. think, yeah, That's knowledge, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to be a preacher and I don't want to like be annoying, but you know, if, if you're going to watch my stuff, like you watch it because it's me, right? Theoretically. Well, you know, let's say 20% of the people watch it because it's me, not because they search for some specific thing. Yeah. You know, part of me is caring about some of these things just as much as it is caring about, you know, cool cameras and whatever else and food. So it's just, again, a piece of the puzzle. Um, And, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, Definitely got plans to do some things that may go way beyond packaging. Um, Okay, cool. No, no, nothing I can talk about just yet, but I, I've got plans. I've got, I've got strong itches that I'm trying to scratch, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) with, but with with this then, yeah. Just you know, for people listening who might not, not ha- have a clue, where can you buy it? Yeah, yeah. So right now, there's basically none left anywhere. Oh, um, okay. if, you do, uh, if you do, if you do want to purchase this film, you can. So, you, you can. So there, there's one. <laughs> as of as of recording this right now, you know, uh, early September, um, a shop in the Netherlands called Buy More Film just got a package and the reason they just got it is because the dude went on vacation it didn't arrive before he left it got stuck in customs one thing led to another so he just got the drop he's got a whole bunch and you know go check out buy more film in the netherlands so if you live in in europe or at least if you're part of the eu it's, it'll be easy for you to get it pretty fast if you're not in the eu then you know you got to deal with potentially some some extra hurdles but they've got plenty so go there um good news is despite us being sold out like direct because you know i shipped a lot of these myself and sold them directly and a lot of the other retailers like analog wonderland and parallax and cool film they're all gone i think they're all sold out at this point um Mm. we've got another drop coming hopefully um by december early december of this year um we've already got our our orders in and and now it's just a matter of hoping that nothing gets delayed and that you know there's not another like human, humongous wave of like pandemic stuff. Not for my own sake, because you know the films is just film. I don't want people to die and get sick. So yeah. let's just put that out there. But the point yeah. is, early December, hoping to have another drop right in time for the holiday, so that people can get their yeah. fix and then you know go shoot some of the holiday family stuff. Because I assume a lot of people will be doing some of that. Um, so yeah, we'll see. And then next year, you know, then we have all of 2022 for for me to execute on some hopeful project. So. We'll see what, what else happens in that year. Well, maybe when we na- next catch up, you'll be talking about some of those new things. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, we, we, we've 
both shot a roll in this film. Mm-hmm. We, we got it as soon as we could through Analog Wonderland. Nice. Um, yeah, I really want to shoot some more. Yeah, like, I didn't realise it was sold out. I mean, that's that's a huge achievement, right? You must be proud to say that you've created something which is now sold out, apart from one one guy's shopping. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. it is. It, it was pretty remarkable. I part of me like was like part of my confidence was kind of tied to the success of this just because you know it's hard to to not but eventually like as we got really close to release that i was like you know what like worst case scenario all the money that i've spent i don't get back or worst case scenario you know i don't i i lose money like okay scenario i break even and you know we got and then i have like a massive stash of film to use for myself <laughs> yeah. you're shooting your own exactly. black white film that exactly. no one has access to for the rest of your life basically. exactly <laughs> but uh yeah i think the best case scenario played out it's funny we, the, i i i set the product live dropped i think a youtube video and an instagram reel literally at the same time and then i went to the gym and this was like five o'clock on like a, i think it was a wednesday wednesday mm-hmm. yeah Wednesday the 15th, I think it was July. And I was like, all right, you know, I, I, I'm not going to open Instagram. I'm not going to check emails. I'm just going to go to the gym, get my bench press on, do some things and then go home. And then I'll check what's going on. I'm in the gym and like, like in the middle of my bench press set and my, my, my partner in the business um, texts me. He's like, he's like, yo, first order came through. And that was literally like, I don't know. He texted me like five minutes after getting to the gym. And I was like, okay. And I think the orders had already come through way faster than that. He just hadn't texted me. And I was like, all right, that's cool. And then like 10 minutes later, he's like, yo, we've got 20 orders. And I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. (laughs) And then by the time I left the gym, he's like, yeah, I think we're at like 56. And I was like, oh shit, like that's a lot. And it had been an an hour and a half, let's say, since since everything was dropped. Um, By the end of that night, or actually by the next morning, we were already like 100 50 or something like that and nice. within two weeks it was um all of the stock that we were selling directly both from because we ship from the u.s and the uk i've got my stuff here and my partner's got the stuff in the u.s um within two weeks we were all gone um at that point all that was remaining was the stuff we allocated to analog wonderland and some right. of the other shops and there was a delay there as well so it actually worked out decently because when we sold out then they were making their stuff available yeah. um but that stuff moved pretty fast too so and, so, and it's like, exclu- like you know, you get geeks like me and Luke. Yeah, yeah. We, we wanted to buy it because we wanted to it's try something, something new. And yeah, exactly. People, like even if we didn't know you or we didn't know the kind of backstory, it's still something new to try, and people want to try something that's new. Exactly. Um, and then I, I'm guessing as well that, I mean, yeah, I mean, congrats. That's a huge, uh, huge achievement. To like, mm-hmm. just just to do what you do, regardless if it's sold or not. The fact that it's sold is is awesome because now you've got a new batch coming or whatever it is yeah have you found that you've had some like good feedback from it because i'm guessing like you know when when you drop a video you just want as many eyes on it as you can you want to create a following but when it comes to something like film you want honest feedback you want because you want to know if people will buy it again right yeah yeah so i was very transparent or at least as transparent as i think i needed to be about what to expect from the film itself in terms of its characteristics and all that so um, from that perspective, feedback, like, you know, it's almost, I'm not gonna say useless, but like the film is what it is. And I chose it specifically and I can't change it or at least, you know, not right now, yeah. um, in the future, who knows what we can do, but this is not a custom emulsion product. This isn't something that was, you know, tailor made for me. So from that perspective, like feedback is kind of mute, but what I, what I do like is that people are enjoying the, 
the feedback that I'm getting is positive and it's directly tied to what I told people they should expect from the film and therefore what scenes might work and, and you know, what kind of venues are good for it. And yeah, I mean, people, people are using it for what it's supposed to be used for. You know, it's a 400 speed film, so you can basically do whatever you want with it. But the look that you're going to get is, is very tailored towards certain scenarios, I would say. Um, things like street, um, potentially some landscape situations, especially if you're really trying to play up the contrast. Um, it's just a very interesting kind of like unique looking thing. So the feedback has all been tied to that and it's been great. Some people have had random issues, um, you know, with like developing it and, and the recipe they thought would work didn't or something. I think that that's, that's cool. just, that's going to happen. You know, it, it's, it's part of the process. And, you know, if, if you, if you don't follow the exact instructions that we supported, if you decide to do something else, you know, there's a chance that, you know, it's not going to come out how you, how you want it to look. But, um, but yeah, there, I think, I think long story short, like feedback here is interesting because like what kind of feedback could I get that would be useful? You know, it's, it's mm -hmm. like, uh, the, the, the emulsion is what it is. If you don't like it, that's totally fine. But the emulsion yeah. is the emulsion, you know, it's, it's not going to change. I think yeah. the, the only interesting feedback I've got that was a surprise is the film does not work in a Hasselblad X-Pan. Um, the camera just will not recognize it and won't wind it automatically, um, which is very interesting. Um, and I've corroborated this with, with a couple people who have X-Pan and yeah, the X-Pan is finicky because I have a lot of automatic cameras that just do the auto wind yeah. and they suck up whatever you put in there. It does not matter. Um, but the X-Pan for some reason won't, which is kind of sad because, you know, X-Pan images always look really cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so we, I got creative. I was, I was on, I was like messaging with one specific customer back and forth being like, all right, let's try this. Let's try that. We were taping film leaders from other film stocks and like, like just trying all kinds of shit and the X-Pan would not take it. So FYI, if you have an X-Pan, yeah. don't expect to shoot it because it's not <laughs> going to work. I think it should be, if you've got an X-Pan, get another camera as well. Exactly. Well, that, that's the best part is that like, you know, don't, if, if, don't if not buy this, buy <laughs> it and get another camera as well. That's what you mean. Yeah. I'll send you a cheap camera if you need one, you know, just <laughs> yeah, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's been, it's been cool. It, this has been a lot of fun and I'm very motivated to continue selling this product just because I personally really like this product. I think it's a really good kind of all purpose film and it gives you something, you know, you don't have to go in and edit. You don't really feel compelled to touch what you get after you scan it just because there's so much already happening there for better or for worse, depending on what you like. Mm. Yeah. 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 I found that developing it. I just kind of, I scan them in and I, I haven't shown them to you, Jamie, have I? No, I haven't seen them yet. And I've still got, I think I've still got about, 10 shots to shoot is loaded up in my Canon A1. That's nice. But, um, but again, I wanted to use it, well, kind of how you used it, Luke. I, I've wanted to use it just as like, yeah. when I decided to go out and shoot with that camera. You know, I didn't want to just go out and blow it all in a day. I wanted to see how it would work over different, you know, over a bit of time. Yeah. Um, the other thing is the film is like, I think it's very well priced. Um, and based on that, my hope is that like, if people just want to shoot, because they just want to shoot yeah. and you know you you can use this cheaper film and not feel like you're wasting money you know not oh, feel yeah. like you you paid so much for a roll of whatever and you're like i need to cherish this yeah. not everything has to be that way you know especially if, if you're trying to improve sometimes you need the reps you need to do more and more photography so this should help people do that considering i think this is on like the the lower half of the price spectrum mm -hmm. and no matter what we do i want to have 
something that is going to be much more affordable that people can use in this very casual way. I've used it in a casual way. I've used it for like, you know, actual shoots that are planned. Um, I even did some, some paid shoots where I was like, Oh, they're going to love this like really aggressive film look. So I threw that in there and like, I think it looks fantastic, but, but yeah, I, the the price, I think I, I want it to be something that you feel you can use for whatever you want and not feel that you're wasting and and like and this is with roles you know maybe we've got bulk stuff coming up like there's different things we can do to bring that cost even further down um but but yeah i want people to shoot i think that's ultimately if you if people are inspired to shoot whether they watch my video or whether they buy one of these roles or you know they see me on instagram like that is all that it really matters that's all that really this is all about about going out and shooting but 100 percent. yeah i I think it's more than a reasonable price But, you know, if, if me and Luke weren't doing kind of like front and trying out different films, different cameras and whatnot, yeah, yeah I'd go out and shoot this in a day and not feel like I've wasted money at all. Totally. Uh, yeah. but, that, but, you know, I, I I don't shoot as casually as I kind of want to, I guess. But, that you know, that's the UK weather, I guess, as well. That's always my <laughs> weather. Weather's, yeah. weather's shit, I'm not going out. But that's why I wanted <laughs> to put it in a film that... Sorry, that's why I wanted to put it in a camera where I know I only pick it up if I'm going somewhere for... A couple of hours and i yeah. might take some photos if i don't i don't ever do i do but at least it gets to document my life and how i see it rather than having the pressure of making a video for it and yeah to me it's more honest but then again like you said it's you know the emotion that's in it is nothing like that's just been you know you're not reinventing the wheel or anything yeah but i like the I like the brand. I like the man behind the brand. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I like the. I like what it's about, which, yeah. which is what you want to support. It's the same with anything. The same with the clothes you wear, the shoes you wear, or you know, the food you eat. You can't help but like what you like, and you, exactly you support that, right? Yeah, that's it. I, it. A lot of people. When I say a lot of people, I mean like you know, one percent at most will will say, well, you know, why why am I paying for something that I can get elsewhere for cheaper? Or like, you know, there's nothing new going on here. You know, what's the point? Um, I think a lot of people just either don't understand or don't want to understand that like this is kind of how the world works like you've got people who manufacture stuff and then you've got brands sometimes they're one in the same most of the time they're not and it's about how you can give value to your potential customers because when you buy this film you're not just buying the film you're buying what I'm about you're buying like the content that I'm creating you're buying the potential interactions that we might have elsewhere um, you know, I, I'm trying to do more here than just flip film. Um, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really trying to, in one way, educate. In another way, I'm trying to just like inspire. In another way, I'm just trying to entertain. There's so many different things that I'm trying to do here. Um, and the film is just one way to hook somebody in. There's all these different ways to hook people in. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say my catchphrase, which is it's, uh, it's twenty past nine. Well, <laughs> the, um... uh, the secret question. Yeah, so just, yeah, we can finish off with that. Like, sure. I've, I've actually got another question as well, but I'll let you ask it first. Luke. Okay, well, is it relevant to, <laughs> is yours relevant to us now? Or should no. I ask? Yeah, so you we just ask one question to everybody, uh, which is like, it's like Desert Island camera question. So you, if you could only have one camera, one lens and one film uh, for the rest of your life, what would you pick? I mean, the film one, we're going to have to go easy 400. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I got I got to support the cause. <laughs> um, one camera. Well, it's actually, I think it's going to be a camera combo unit just because I don't really have a choice. But um, I would want a folding camera 
uh, folding medium format. Well, I guess the EC400 is not medium format yet, but um, I mean, you can still oh, yeah. shove it in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can still shove it in there and see what happens. But I like yeah, folding cameras. You can get an adapter, can't you, for medium format? Shoot exactly. Some, some folding cameras are finicky and they don't, they need like weight or I don't know, but mm. you can do it for sure with at least a, a certain amount of them. Um, but yeah, I think I like a folding camera. Um, folding cameras, there's a, they're beautiful. I think first and foremost, that's what gets me. I see a folding camera, I'm like, damn, that that is a, a beautiful piece of work. Because you've got you've got metal, you've got leather, you've got the, the bellows, which are like not just texture, but they're like you know legit leather. Like some, it almost feels like it's alive. Um, and yeah, so I just love them. So that alone will keep me at least feeling good on this deserted island. Yeah. And every time I see it, I'm like, oh, I gotta go use this camera. Like this thing. Like if we're gonna go out, we're gonna go out like on top. So, yeah. so yeah, it, it'll keep me inspired and, um, and I guess sane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good answer. Yeah. 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 That's, I think that's the most important thing, isn't it? Well, no, it's not the most important thing, but it is a super important thing to have a camera that you look at yeah. and go, I want to go and use that. Um, that's what I get from that, like Canon P it's so yeah. nice to use, but it looks cool and I enjoy yeah. carrying it around and stuff. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I was, I was, the, the last, the, we spoke about it, didn't we, with the kind of like the, the Rico and stuff like that. Oh, in fact, I've got it, I'll show you. So I look at the Rico and I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah. But when I compare that to something similar to, you, you know, it's a Fuji. Yeah. If you asked random people to go, what looks better, I reckon 99% of people are going to say that. I think so. Me? And you have to be inspired to pick up a camera. You, yeah. We've all got our individual tastes, but you, you have to be drawn to, to pick up the camera in the first place, don't you? Totally. It, it, it's kind of, it's a, it's a good and bad excuse for buying stuff. Um, but if you're going to buy something and it's going to keep you happy and engaged and like active, then just do it. Because yeah. if, if you don't shoot, then like, you know, then what's the point? Yeah. I mean, you can collect cameras. You can be someone who knows things and likes to collect them. You do people can do whatever they want. Let's just put it that way. But yeah. if you want to be inspired to shoot, buy whatever will make you inspired to shoot. Whether that's a, you know, a, a Leica that costs mad money, or it's you know this lovely thing right here. You know, this yeah. does not cost yeah. mad money. I get no respect for this. Nobody sees yeah. it and is like, wow, that's cool. But this thing makes me want to shoot because it gives me confidence that. I'm going to get the shot that I want and it's convenient. I enjoy it. Cause I don't have to meet her. I don't have to do anything. I just like point out what I want and, and I'm good to go. Mm. Um, it's not the only camera that gives me the joy, but I know it gives me that joy. So yeah, I That's agree. Quite an interesting one, Cause I, I don't, I don't know if you two would agree with this, but the more, the more I personally get into photography and the art of taking a good photograph, when I first got the bug and didn't know too much, I was like, no, I have to shoot manual, otherwise it doesn't count because I need to I need to create everything from scratch. But the more I learn about photography, the easier I kind of want to make it on myself. Sometimes, exactly. sometimes yeah. like, like, you know, I've got an RB67. It's 100% manual. I mm -hmm. love it. I love everything about it. But sometimes I, I just want to be able to go out and, press the shutter. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I, and I don't feel like I'm cheating anymore, which I think is a good thing. But. Oh, I agree a hundred percent. I, I have a, a roster of cameras now and you know, on one end of the spectrum is this, you know, literally everything is automatic on here. Yeah. Every single function. Um, 
but then I have a Canon seven and I also have a Canon P, which I actually haven't used at all yet. Now that I mention it, but the Canon seven is the opposite. Luke. Yeah. <laughs> no, my Canon seven is my street photography camera and every single thing on that camera is manual. It has a, a one of those old light meters that I don't even yeah. trust. So I don't use the light meter. I have to carry around my Sekonic and like, you know, it's a process, but I love both aspects of it. It's just a matter of like the intentionality with street photography. I want to be quiet. And I love zone focusing because it is literally the fastest way for me to take an image. So that's why I use my Canon seven. But when I'm on vacation, remember earlier, we were talking about like the casual, just kind of being in the moment. My EOS 300 V is the most in the moment camera I have because I can point it very quickly, get an autofocus reading and then boom, take Mm. the shot. And I know that I got what I wanted. Um, Nine times out of 10, the image, whether it's good or bad, like it came out like generally looking like how I was hoping it would come out just like from all the qualities, but, but yeah, it, you know, every camera kind of gives you an itch, a different itch to scratch. And have you got, just, just to kind of end things off, have you got yeah. any kind of like, I don't know, words of wisdom, advice for anyone who's looking to not, maybe not just get into photography, but someone sure. who's maybe looking at, I don't know, I don't know, starting their own YouTube channel or, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, creating content outside their kind of comfort zone, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think I I have a new tagline that I want to debut. I'm trying to work some some stuff in to kind of bring some continuity to things. But uh, the, the tagline is stay creating. And, you know, in, in New York, we use that. We use the word stay in like a slang way. It's like, you know, keep doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, stay creating. It means keep creating, keep, you know, working, keep executing. And I think that's important because with anything that you want to do, if you have a goal of improving, growing, getting better, getting followers, literally whatever it is, because, you know, there's different goals that people have. But I think for any of those goals, you have to remain active and intentional. Um, And as long as you're doing the thing that you want to be doing, I think via that repetition, you will naturally start to like experience a couple of things. One is you might naturally just get better. Another is you might start to have a bit more self-awareness as you look at what you're doing and being like, Oh, actually I don't like, you know, this series of 10 images over the last, you know, month that I created. I don't like how, or or I want to change something about it. These are harder things to realize when you don't have enough volume. Um, And I hate to say the word volume because everything in this world now has become about volume, but even when you kind of move, go in the opposite direction of volume, you still have to keep being creative. You still have to be like, at least thinking about what you're doing and putting in some sort of an effort, um, whether it's like in the preparation or whether it's in like the learning or the actual doing, all of it involves being creative and continuing to execute. So, you know, it's tough because people get discouraged and imposter syndrome, you know, for film would cost money. There's all these different things that could get in the way, but you still have to find a way to keep being engaged with whatever it is you're trying to do. Um, so yeah, stay creating. It's that simple. I like that. Stay creative. We can name we can name the podcast that. We don't have to worry about thinking <laughs> of the name. There you go. <laughs> We're gonna steal it. Yeah. Well, so no, it, definitely yeah, use it. Uh, like I said, I'm trying to get that out into the world now. So, um, yeah. so yeah, all, all yours. <laughs> but yeah, well, th- thank you for your time, mate. We really, of course. Really and uh, yeah, we look forward to catching up again. If you're happy to, we'll catch up again. 2022, big year for you by the sounds of it. Let's do it, man. I- I'm Stay totally creative. down. Stay creative. Thank you.